Okay, so we're tackling this whole topic of stress together, and uh, really what we're trying to unpack and ask is a simple question that says, is this how it has to be? In other words, when God created us in God's design, is this just part of it? I mean, he knew that, you know, there'd come moments in your life and in my life when stuff would be going a little bit sideways, things that we had planned wouldn't be turning out the way that we planned, our hopes, our dreams would somehow fall short of our expectations, and that that would just cause stress. And Jesus just said, you know, that's, that's how I created you, that's how I made you, and just, you know, kind of suck it up and get, that's how it is. Life is about stress. Or would God say, no, I, I didn't plan for you guys to have, that's not what this is supposed to be about. And matter of fact, the reality is, is that stress is an indicator that something's off track that something's gone a little bit awry and something needs to be attended to. It's an interesting question and we've been trying to unpack it uh, together. So here's what we're gonna do today. We're gonna get a little further in this discussion. We're gonna hopefully get to places that are a little bit more helpful. But here's what I wanna ask you to do to kinda as we begin. If you could find something to write on and something to write with, I know we didn't provide that, but if, you, if it's possible, if it's somewhere near you, if you could try and see if you can locate that, borrow your friend's dirty fingernail, whatever you have to do, Here's what I'd like for you to try to do, if you can right now. Would you write down, and this is just for your consumption only, no one else is ever going to see it, we're not going to hand it in, but I just want to see if at the end of the sermon we can land this and you go, oh, wait, wait a minute, uh, what we said helps with this. So would you write down one or two through whatever that three areas, one or two, wh where, where are you right now in this moment where are you stressed? What are the things in your life that, you, that are causing or are sources of where you're stressed? And we'll just write them down, because here's what's going to happen as we go through this morning. I can't unpack every source of stress. To, I mean, there's just, we'd, we'd go too far. But we're going to tackle a couple areas that Jesus is going to reveal to us to say, you know what, an awful lot, a, a huge majority of the stress that you and I have come out of these two areas. And if you were to take these two areas, and if these two areas could fall in place, all of a sudden you'd find yourself released from the stress. So, if you'll just write those down, one, two, three, or whatever it is that you say, these are the things that right now in my life are causing me stress, we're going to get to the end and go, did it help? If, if I were to do what we just talked about together in these areas of my life, would the stress quotient change for me? Okay? All right. All right. How, how many of you guys are aware of what an idiot light is? Okay, three of us. <clears throat> All right, good. This, this, this will apply then. Everybody's going to get this. All right, so just in case you don't know, idiot lights are those little lights that are on your dashboard. Uh, maybe my Uncle Marty was the only guy who ever called it that. He was a guy that liked gauges, always felt he could tell what was going on with the car quicker if he could see the gauge. And what his basic answer was simply this. By the time that light comes on, you're an idiot if you don't pull over. Okay, so idiot light. Um, how many people would say, you know, right now, I've got a couple of those on in my car right now, and I'm still driving? Uh, how many would say, you know what, I, I did, I had one of those lights on, and it was bugging me, so I took a piece of tape and I covered it up. <laughs> it's not even on anymore, it's doing fine. How many people would say, boy, you know, the second I see one of those lights on, man, I just, like, pull over immediately because I'm terrified what's going to happen next, the little car's going to blow up. And... Okay, all right, idiot light. Here's what I believe Jesus is going to say to us. Here's what I think Scripture is going to tackle for us today. Is going to say, very often in our lives, maybe not every time, but very often in our lives, stress is supposed to act like an idiot light. That, that in other words, if you and I are going through life 
And all of a sudden, you and I realize, hey, I've got a ton of stress. If that light goes on in your and my life, that Jesus is going to say, look, look, the best thing you can do in that moment is pull over, fix the problem. Don't, please, please don't, he'd say. Keep driving with stress. Because stress is simply an indicator. It's a warning light that something in your life is out of balance, something is broken, so pull over to the side, let's fix the problem, because if we don't, if you just put a little piece of tape over it. See, if I, if I just go, look, you know what, I'm going to drink until this problem doesn't feel like it feels right now. I'm, I'm going to go have an affair, and maybe that'll distract me from, maybe if I go buy enough stuff at the mall, then I won't remember my lights on. And Jesus says, look, look, if you just start putting pieces of tape over this light, it's going to get worse. Okay, don't self-medicate. Pull over the side of the road. Just a pretty simple answer. There's some things you need to deal with in your life to get it fixed. Think, think about this for a second. Let's say, let's say you're driving from here down to Maricopa. And uh, as you're going along, the idiot light comes on. It's the thermos. It's the heat. It says, too hot. Car, and sure enough, you look at the hood. Steam's coming out. So you, you realize there's a mechanic just a little bit. So you, you get to the mechanic. You pull over. You do exactly what we talked about. You say, look, I... Lights on, sense overheating. It's pretty obvious it's overheating. Got steam coming out from under the hood. Would you take a look? Tell me, tell me what's going on. You leave for a couple hours. You come back. Mechanic says, got it. 500 bucks. And you go, well, well uh, what was the problem? And the mechanic says, I don't know. But I got the light to go off. <laughs> you go, no, 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 no. The, the light wasn't the problem. The problem was the problem. My car's overheating. I mean, there's steam coming up from under the engine. He goes, no, 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 I got that fixed too. I put a little fan under your hood. It's blowing the smoke under the car and out the back now. So you don't have to worry about seeing any more steam. <laughs> and you'd say to the mechanic, you're crazy. No, 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 no. Look, look, that's, that's absolutely absurd for you simply to remove the symptoms of it. We needed to get down to the core of it. We needed to get down to the problem of it. And you get that Jesus would say exactly the same thing today. He'd say, please, 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 look, look, look. Please don't tell me you're going to drink enough that the light goes out. T tell, me, tell me that you're not going to stray outside your marriage and get distracted enough or that you're going to go buy. Please, please tell me that we're not silly enough just simply to try to turn the light out that in the midst of our stress, we're going to find something to distract us from our stress. Tell me that we're going to pull the car over and deal with the problem. Tell me that's how we're going to get the light to go out. And Jesus is going to tackle it. Like I said, I just want to be honest with you today. This isn't, some of us are going to walk out and go, what we just did today, that wasn't my issue. That didn't help. That's okay, because we're going to get to your stuff probably in the next few weeks. But for an awful lot of us sitting in this room, we're going to pull the car over today, and you're going to go, oh, my goodness. That is exactly why my stress light came on. That's exactly what was broken. That's exactly what was out of balance. That's exactly the part of my life that I was living wrongly. In a That's why the light came on. So grab your Bibles, because Jesus is going to tackle this issue with you. It's Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 25. Now, here's, here's the deal. The Bible doesn't even actually use the word stressed. 
The Bible uses Bible words for the word stress. You get stressed is a fairly recent word. But the Bible's going to use words like worry, anxious, and fear. And if you really unpack it and get down the end, those are exactly the emotions that you and I experience in the middle of stress. And Jesus here today on this day is going to unpack. He's going to, in a moment in which he's talking to the crowd and he's saying, guys, you guys are so worried about this stuff. You ready? You're so stressed out about this stuff. And there's no reason. And then he's going to give two, two moments, two things that could be going wrong in their lives. If they would pull over the car, take time to fix, the light could go out. Okay, so let's go to the passage. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 25, here's what it says. Therefore, this is Jesus speaking, I tell you, do not worry, which is Bible word for stress. Okay, Ooh, you're stressing me out now. All right. Therefore, I tell you, do not stress about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is life not more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Now, here, here's what you've got to get in the moment. To the crowd that Jesus is talking to, you've got to remember the time and the culture, what they would wear, what they were going to eat next, was worth stressing about as far as they were concerned. Because you've got to remember, they're living hand to mouth. There aren't refrigerators. You can't go to the supermarket and buy food. The reality is you got up in the morning, and what you were going to eat that day was a big deal. Are we going to kill one of the goats today to eat? And if we kill the goat, then that goat will never have baby goats, and the herd won't get bigger, the herd will get smaller, and... Is, it's a big deal what you're going to eat. Are we going to go look for berries? And last time I went and looked for berries, the bushes were pretty empty. And if that's what I decide to do today, then maybe there won't be enough berries when I go to berry pick. And I mean, it's a big deal what I'm going to eat today. Back in those days, you just didn't go down to Walmart or somewhere and pick up some clothes. You, you had to, clothes was a big deal. And so in this moment, those are the things which are consuming the hearts of these people. If Jesus were teaching, if Jesus was sitting on this stage today, he wouldn't talk about that because it, that's not what you and I stress about. See, if Jesus was teaching today, he'd say, look, look, look. Don't get stressed about your 401k. I, I get it. I get it. I, I, I know. I know what the stock market, I know what the stock market has done. Don't get stressed about your 401k. Don't get stressed about whether or not your kids are going to get into the right school or not. And I know, I know, I know. I know the right school can make a difference. I get it. Stop, stop stressing about the mortgage and whether or not that variable is going to go up half a point or three quarters of Say stop. Stop. There's more to life than those answers. You're stressing, you would say, about the wrong things. Start again. Therefore, I tell you, do not stress about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, what your retirement plan looks like. Am I getting laid off? Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, who of you, by stressing, can add a single hour to your life. You say, look, look, look. You, may, maybe you are world championship quality stressor. I mean, you've won stressing awards. And he simply says, in the midst of your stressing, all the stressing you've done, 
Have you ever added an hour to your life? Have you, have you ever really fixed anything stressing? I mean, did you, did you stress so much that all of a sudden what was going to happen didn't happen because you stressed it away? See, chances are whatever was going to happen happened despite your stress. Or if it didn't happen, then you wasted your stress. And Jesus said, look, 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 stress, stressing, stress, it's never an answer. You have never fixed anything. Stressing. Because stressing's not a solution, it's a warning light in your life. Time to pull over the car, time to deal with the real issues. Verse 28, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Worry about your retirement. Make sure your kid gets in the right school, even if it's not the school. And then here's what he says. O ye of little faith. Isn't that interesting that as we've tackled this topic two Sundays in a row, that that phrase Jesus has used both times. That in the context of talking about our worry, our anxiousness, our stressing about life, two times now he's come back and he said, hey guys, you realize there's a faith issue at hand. That, that, that when you're stressed, when, when that light comes on, you need to pull over the car, and one of the first diagnostic questions that you've got to ask yourself is, where's my faith? Now, you and I get really confused about this, because whenever we read in Scripture and it goes, oh, ye of little faith, we think Jesus is talking about how much faith we have, that it's a quantity issue. And that is not biblical. You just need to hear me say that. Jesus is never, when he says, you don't have enough faith or you have little faith, talking about quantity. Matter of fact, remember what Jesus taught, and he said, if you even had the faith as a grain of mustard seed, you could move mountains. And a mustard seed is one of the smallest seeds you've ever seen. Jesus is never talking about quantity when he says small faith, big faith. Here's what Jesus is talking about. He is saying you have placed your faith in something that is little. You have placed your faith in something that is too small to solve your problem. So no wonder you're stressed, because the thing that you're counting on and the thing that you're depending on in your life is way, way, way too small to solve the problem that you're dealing with. Let me see if I can help. Let's talk about some of the places that we put faith. Some of us put our faith in Barbie dolls. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Okay. Friends. See, some of us would say, look, look, here's, here's how I'm going to navigate it here. Here's how come I'm going to be okay. Because I've got this, like, amazing friend. A friend who's dependable. A friend who's going to be there. A friend who would never betray me. They always seem to be strong whenever I'm weak. And I always seem to be strong whenever they're weak. And I mean, it's just an amazing friendship. Here's what Jesus would say. Friendships are great. Matter of fact, 
Over and over and over again, the Bible talks about the value of having the right types of friends. This is good. But if this is what you're counting on to get you through, if this is your resource for the hardest moments of life, no wonder you're stressed, Jesus would say. Because no matter how good your friends are, no matter how smart they are, no matter how strong they are, no matter how truthfully they speak to you, this is not enough. It's too small. You ready? It's too small to put your faith in. It's not a bad thing. It's just not big enough for what's coming. This is an award. My wife, my wife was voted Miss Ready Fusion 1980. You were wondering why I met her in 1981, so I haven't, you know. Okay, so, um, you know where I found this today? Uh, it was back behind our DVD cases on the shelf. Because you get, you get that accomplishments fade. And, and moments of glory and moments of success are fleeting. And, and if you're sitting here to say, look, 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 here's how come I'm okay, because I'm going to work harder than everybody else, I'm going I'm to stay longer than everybody, and someday I'm making vice president, senior vice president right here. That's why I'm okay. I'm on the fast track, everybody's noticing. Some of us would say, you know what? Everybody liked me, and I'm so popular. I've got everybody's approval, and everybody thinks I'm a great person. I mean, that's, that's how come I'm okay. And Jesus would just simply say, look, if you're trusting your own capacity, your own abilities, and if you're, you're figuring you're just going to accomplish your way to life being okay, and the first time you get skipped over promotion, the first time one of your good friends betrays, no wonder you're stressed. Because what you've placed your faith in is so small, it can't possibly help you navigate the worst times of life. Some of us in this room, let's just be honest, man, there's our answer. That's, that's, that, that's what's going to get us through. See, I got enough of these tucked away, at least I did before the stock market crashed, and, 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 and I just pretty much figure I could buy my way out of any problem I've got. I can grease the skids of life. You get that there are problems coming, that there aren't enough dollars to buy an answer. Wait till the doctor says, cancer. Wait till your kid goes off in absolute rebellion. There just aren't enough. And Jesus would say, look, look, if that's what you're, if you're depending on your financial portfolio, he'd say, you've got little faith. And not that you don't believe in your portfolio with all your heart. That's not what, it's not about, you're just believing in the wrong thing. And you're believing in something that is far, far too small. Little faith. Some of us would say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm believing in my marriage. That's Ted and Alice. They go to our church. No, I'm teasing. We got this from Walmart. That's why it says 8 by 10 right there. But um, See, some of us are going, no, 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 I've got this amazing marriage. I've got this great spouse. We, we, we kind of play off each other's. His strengths are my, you know, and it's just a great relationship. No, I, 
man, God bless you for having a great marriage. But if that's how you're going to make it, if that's what's going to get you through, the, and don't get me wrong, it's, it's a good thing, it's a great support, but Jesus would say, no wonder you're stressed. Because what you're depending on is too small. And can I just say to all the single gals in this room, who are all waiting for the right guy to come in your life, and the reason you're stressed right now is because you saw the right guy and he hasn't asked you out yet. Or you looked around the room and he hasn't come in the room yet. That if that's what you're depending on, little faith. Little faith. And Jesus would say it too. Some of us are counting on G.I. Joe. Hmm. You guys remember when G.I. Joe was full-sized? Before they made him this big and charged it 10 bucks for him. Remember that? When G.I. Joe was a real man? <laughs> now, actually, this, this, is, this is you and me, because you and I are pretty sure we're Commando Joe, and we're going to karate chop you know, any problem that comes our way. Whatever it is, I'm smart enough, I'm big enough, I'm strong, I'll figure it out. And whatever it is, Commando Joe will take care of it. Because I'm a head above, and I'm smarter than the rest of my peers, and I'm smarter than anybody else in the room, and I'm more capable than anybody else, and so that's why I'm okay. And Jesus would say, if you're trusting yourself to make life turn out okay, little faith. And the answer to the size of faith is, oh, is not how much you have, it's what you have faith in. Is it a little thing? Or is it a big thing? All right, let, let, me, let me see if I can land this, because some of you are going, okay, so here's what we're going to do. Okay, we're going to bring a board out here in just a, whoops, in just a second, and we're going to walk the plank in church. Okay? So I need a, vol a couple volunteers to walk the plank. All right. Look at this. Dude, come on, and if you're going to stand up in the middle of church service, you're either Daffy or something, man. Come on up. Did I mention the board is only this big? Come on. No, come on. Tell me your name, man. Nick. Nick. All right, dude. Come on up, Nick. How much do you weigh, Nick? Uh, 160. 160. 160. 160. You are right in the middle, Nick. All right, stand right here. All right, I need somebody bigger than Nick. Okay, someone with a little more beef on them. Back in the back? Come on. All right. There we go. Yeah. All right, so tell me your name. Michael. Michael, Michael we're more than 160. I'm not going to ask you, but you're more than 160, right? <laughs> okay. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Nick, we're going to give you the option, okay? Nick and Michael, right? All right, Michael, get off to the side because you're in the way. There's too much of you, Michael. All right, right there. There you go. All right, so here's what I'm going to do. Nick, you're going to get your option. You're going to get to choose anything that you want to depend in, on, okay, to get you through. So you get to choose friends. Uh, you get to choose accomplishment. You can choose dollars. You can choose a marriage. You can choose yourself. Okay. <laughs> okay, dollars. All right, dollars, right? Okay, so bring out the dollar board. The dollar board. 
Anytime, bring out the dollar board. Okay, there we go. All right. So, was was it Nick? Yes. Nick, you're gonna go right here. Okay. And we've got the dollar. Did you see that dollar? It's missing a line, man. You're supposed to. Be. All right, dollar board right here. And Nick, what you're going to do in just a moment, you're going to come up the steps. Okay, and you are going to navigate the dollar board. Okay, you're going to walk across the dollar board. Now, here's the thing you got to know Nick believes in the dollar board. With all of Nick's heart, the dollar board is going to get Nick to this side over here. Okay, so Nick, here you go. Dollar board, yep. Lovely assistant's going to help you. Little baby steps, Nick, on the dollar board. Little baby steps. Whoa, Nelly! That didn't work. That didn't work, did it? Bad dollar board. Bad dollar board. Thank you for doing that, man. Thanks for making a fool of yourself. You're a great guy. All right. All right. And it was Ted? Sure. <laughs> what, what was it again? Michael. 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 Ted must have been last. All right. Michael, so you're going to do the same thing. Okay. So here you go. So start up the steps here. You're going to do this without a board. No. All right. So no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Stay there. Okay. It's because we're going to bring out the Jesus board. The Jesus board. Okay, so there we go. Jesus board. Okay. All right, so Nick, you're going to... Michael, Michael, Ed, Fred, you're going to get up there. My best friend, uh, you're going to get up there and you're going you're gonna to navigate in a moment the Jesus board. Okay? Now, here's the thing, though. Before you start, you know, the thing that people always criticize Christians about is you've got the whole blind faith going on, you know. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to blindfold you. As you go across the Jesus board, there's Velcro on there, so you can, there you go. Because my answer at the end of the day is it's better to be, have blind faith than have it in something worth having faith in. So, okay, so you're going to do, you're going to navigate the Jesus board for us. Are you ready? Okay, so my best friend Joseph, come across the Jesus board. Here we go. There we go. There we go. Look at that. Made it to the other side. Pretty remarkable. Thank you, man. Thank you for doing that. Blindfolded. So here's the deal. Some of you are going, okay, Lynn, that was desperately cheesy. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, come on. My five-year-old could have figured this out because there, there, total difference. I mean, you brought out the the whole dollar board, and I mean, it was like half the size of the Jesus board. I mean, everybody, I mean, it was obvious it was going to break. And then you bring out this big old honking 2 by 12 thing and put it up. I mean, of course he made it across. You get that was the point. You get that that's exactly the lesson Jesus is trying to teach about this moment. That when you and I put our stress, put our hope, put our confidence in something that can't possibly get us to the other side, then Jesus said, well, no wonder you're stressed. But when you put your confidence in something that can't possibly fail, something that's bigger than, stronger than, smarter than your problem, 
then why would you stress? And Jesus would say, yeah, it's absolutely obvious. And there's a chance in this room that some of us have the stress light on. Because you and I have put our confidence and our faith in something that's too small to get us to the other side. And Jesus would say, it's, it's as simple as saying, no, 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 no. I'm only confident in my Lord because he's bigger than my problem, stronger than my problem, smarter than my problem. And I can have confidence walking on that board. It's exactly what Jesus was teaching. Okay, second part. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes this light comes on and it's not about misplaced faith. It's not about that I'm trusting something I shouldn't be trusting. Instead, it's something different. So let's go back to the passage. Start in verse 31. Here's what it says. Jesus, again, still speaking. So do not worry. Do not be stressed, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Why are my plans not coming together? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But instead, instead, instead of chasing all these things, instead of running after all this stuff, instead, Jesus says, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all of these things will be given to you as well. Here's what Jesus is teaching in the moment. Sometimes the reason you and I are stressed is because we've become devoted to things. We've been devoted to stuff. Matter of fact, Jesus, Jesus would say, and the crazy part is, you're devoted to the very same things that people who don't know God are devoted to. And you're worrying about and stressing over the very same things that people that don't have a relationship with me worry about and stress about. And at the end of the day, if that's really how a follower of Christ is, then are you any different than, in the word Jesus used, pagan, a non-Christ? Are you any different? Or are you simply using Jesus as a rabbit's foot to get what you wanted. The same thing that even your friends who don't know me are living their lives to get. We talked about this a little bit last week. and Remember we said, most of us have a plan. Most of us have this thing about this is how my, my life is supposed to turn out. I'm supposed to have 2.5 kids and I'm supposed to end up with a five-bedroom house and I'd like to have a Hummer that I can trade in every 24 months so I stay on the service plan. And my kids are supposed to get in the right school because, you know, getting in the right school is a big deal and gets the right job. And, and you, you and I have got this plan. And Jesus says, if you look at your plan, there's a really good chance that your plan looks just like your neighbor's plan, who doesn't even know me. How is it that the people of God are chasing the very same things that the people who don't know God chase? And that we're all freaked out because we're not getting them. And is it possible that you and I are chasing the wrong things? 
And is it possible that the very fact that our stress light has come on is actually an indicator that you and I are in love with the plan? You, you, get, you get that you and I stress about what we're devoted to. So let me, let me help you. I don't stress about your kids' grades. I know that makes some of you mad. Some of you going, what? But, you know, let me just be transparent. I don't. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. If, you're, if you come to me and say, look, I've got this great kid, and they, they're, they're scholastically strong, and they're underachieving, I care about that. I do. I care about that. I'll stop. I'll pray with you. I may ask you later, hey, how's that going? But you get that I don't go home stressed about your kids' grades. And you don't about mine. And it's not because you don't care about me. It's simply this. You're not devoted to my kids. See, I, I, I'm, I, I don't stress over your variable rate mortgage. I don't. Because I'm not devoted to your variable rate mortgage. And stress, you ready? Stress is always an indicator because we only get stressed about the things that we love and the things that we are devoted to. And Jesus comes in this moment and says, how is it that my people are in love with and devoted to the very same things that people who don't know, my, don't know me are devoted to? He says, the heathens run after, the pagans run after those same things. Let me, let me see. Years ago, we were getting ready to plant this church, and Brent Richardson came and helped us plant. He was right at the very beginning, him and his wife, Sonia. And one day, Brent came uh, walking in the office, and his hair was all disheveled. His eyes were bloodshot red. He had scruff on his face. He'd forgotten to shave that morning. And I went, dude, man, what's, I mean, are you sick? What's going on? He goes, no. Uh, my, my daughter lost her doll. I'm like, well, yeah, but, and he goes, no, no, no. Uh, I have been up since the moment I got home yesterday from work all the way through the evening, all the way to like 2 o'clock this morning, opening everything, looking under everything, moving our furniture. I even opened the oven and looked in the oven. He said, I've been looking everywhere for my daughter's baby because she is freaked out of her mind that she has lost a baby doll. Why, 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 why? Because we stress about the things we love. And matter of fact, Brent said to me, he says, Lynn, look, it hasn't just been yesterday. This has been going on for a couple days. She lost a baby. A couple days. And I went to her and I said, look, Abby, I will buy you another baby doll. I'll get you a brand new one. That one was like all ratty. The arm had come off. And we sewed the arm back on. It was missing an eye. It was gross. It stank. It stank. I didn't even want to touch baby doll. Abby wasn't hearing it. She loved baby doll. And the idea that baby doll was missing was freaking her heart out. We're talking a five-year-old with stress. And every single parent in the room gets it, don't you? Because, 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 the simple answer is this. We stress about the things we are devoted to. And Jesus comes in this moment and says, please tell me, please tell me, please tell me my children are not devoted to the same things that the people who don't know me are devoted to. Please tell me that's not what you're stressing about. See, here's, here's why we get stressed. Because you and I have got this plan, 
and as life begins to unfold, it looks like maybe God has this plan. And, and we're just terrified out of our minds that, that if we don't worry about it enough, if we don't ache about it enough, if we don't fret about it enough, if we don't twist God's arm in prayer enough, that maybe God will do his plan and not our plan. And here's the deal you just need to hear. There may be nothing wrong in this plan. Your kid getting to a good school, that's not a bad thing. You getting promoted at work, I mean, that's, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It just may not be the plan. See, o- over here in this plan, your kid may not get into that prestigious college. And, and in this plan, it may not be a Hummer. It might be a Corolla. And I, I don't know, in this plan, it's possible. Maybe the mortgage rate does go up. I, I don't... But Jesus is just simply saying this moment, please tell me, please tell me that you don't love those things that the people who don't know me love so deeply that that's going to stress your heart out. And please tell me that you believe, despite the fact that that's the way you'd like for life to be, that if I have life turn out this way, that there's a God who's bigger than you, smarter than you, stronger than you, who can see into the future. And are you ready for this? That my plan was actually better than your plan. See, here's, here, here's what you and I never, never, never know. You and I never, never, never know beyond today. And so as you and I make our plans and as you and I say, God, look, my kid has to get those grades. My kid has to get into that prestigious school. Here's what you and I don't know. What if your daughter really did get in that school? And what if the guy she meets while she's there is the wrong guy? And what if her being there and meeting that guy leads her life into hell on earth? And what if God in his grace said, no, 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 we're, we're going to go to community college first. Because I just happen to have one of the most remarkable men in the world at community college this semester. And your daughter's going to meet him. See, what, what I don't know is, is I'm sitting there and my mortgage is going the wrong direction and I'm sitting there going, man, I don't know how to make the payments and now I'm going to move out of this neighborhood and my kids have got all these great friends and I, God, this can't be the right answer. What if God says, no, no, no. What you don't know is, is that if I left you in that neighborhood, your kids are going to make friends with one of the neighbor kids. And that neighborhood is going to be so influential, so powerful in the life of your children that they're going to lead them into drugs and disaster. And the best thing I can do is downsize your house because I've got this amazing neighborhood your kids to grow up in. And God, Jesus just simply says, please, please tell me that that's not going to freak you out and make you angry. Please tell me that you're not going to measure my faithfulness by the same things that people who don't know me measure my faithfulness by. See, sometimes when that red light comes on, it's God saying, hey, 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 we're working the wrong plan and you're mad at me right now, and you're stressed out at me right now, and you're frustrated with me right now because I'm not doing your kingdom. And the best thing you and I can do is pull the car off to the side and say, 
I just got to be honest, God, that's not what I would have planned. That's not what I would have thought. But I'm going to trust the God who knows the future as well as today that that plan is better than my plan. I surrender. I'd rather have that plan than my plan. So here's the question. Some of us wrote down, we said, hey, here's the things I am most stressed about. So let me just ask you, take a look at them again. If the red light's going on, is it possible? I get it. Remember I said at the beginning, what we're going to talk about today won't solve everything, but it might solve the thing. And what if you were to pull over the car to the side and say, look, I just need to look at what's stressing me out. Is it possible? Is it possible that what's stressing you out is that you've been putting your faith in something that's way, way too small? So you've been counting on your own abilities, you've been counting on your pocketbook, you've been counting on your friends, you've been counting on your marriage, you've been counting on that right guy who's going to walk in, the, and, and you haven't been, you haven't put your faith in that which is big enough, strong enough to carry you. That's why you're stressed out of your mind. Or is it possible as you pull that car to the side of the road, as you park your life and you say, look, why am I so stressed, that you would say, you know why I'm stressed? Because I am chasing all the same things that people who don't know God are chasing, and I'm thinking that my life's only going to be happy if I get the same things that people who don't know God think they need to get to make their life happy. And if I would just simply bow the knee and say, God, look, I, th this, isn't, this isn't what I planned. If, if I had a choice, I'd keep my house. If I had a choice, but I choose instead your kingdom, not my kingdom. Would that change the stress? And if the answer is yes to either of those two, pull over the car, the idiot light's on, get it fixed. Let's bow our heads. Hey, dear Lord Jesus, we simply come to you right now and we just say, look, we get it. We get that so often stress in our life is an indicator that something's broken that the water pump is out, that the radiator sprung a leak. And God, for some of us in this room, not surely for all of us, but some of us in this room, stress is as simple as this. I've been trusting me. I've been trusting something other than God to be my security, to be my strength, and it's not working, and I am terrified. And I simply need to trust a God who's still in control, who's still bigger than my problem, with my problem. If I could do that, if I could release that, man, my stress, my, my stress would drop through the floor. There's some of us in this room that have to say, you know why I'm stressed? I'm stressed because my plan isn't coming about. I, I already had my life diagnosed, I already had my life scheduled, and it's not working. And if I'm honest, Man, I've been chasing the very same things my neighbors chase. I thought if I just got those things, I'd be happy. And now I'm living in a life and it's not coming about that way. And I'm pretty sure maybe God's will for me is different and I'm not going to land that bigger car or that bigger... Man, I've been stressed. And if I would simply bow the knee and say, God, your will and not my will there'd be no reason to stress anymore. I'd be done stressing. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you. 
Thank you for idiot lights. Thank you, thank you for things in our life that just scream out loud, pull the car over, deal with this. It's why you're stressed. It's why, it's why you're frustrated and angry right now. And don't, don't put tape over it. Let's deal with it. God, give us courage this morning. Some of us, some of us know exactly what we need to do next about our stress. In Jesus' name.